Hello, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My microphone stand is falling over, sorry. Uh, this is going to be a pretty quick intro because it's, let's see, how hot is it here today? Where I'm at. It is, what? It says it's 100, 108. I can't believe that, but it's hot. Maybe it's, hey, it says 108, so... That seems insane. But anyway, uh, I have to turn my air conditioner off in order to do this. So it's going to be uh, a quick one so I can turn my air conditioner back on. Anyway, hope you all are doing well. I'm doing well. Today we have as our guest the amazing illustrator Dave DeVries. Now, you may know Dave from all his work on, you know, for Marvel and big video games and I mean he's been doing stuff forever he's uh around my age and he's been doing doing illustration work for a long time really incredible artist really super talented um I first found out about him from his project called the monster engine which was probably where you may have seen him his work as well he had the brilliant idea to take children's drawings and then do realistically rendered paintings of them. And this went viral, uh, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago. I mean, it was all over the Internet 10 years ago. He, he, he actually told me it's it's he may have mentioned it in the interview. It's gone viral uh, quite a few times like it keeps coming back up. But, you know, those uh, posts about the artist who paints kids drawings realistically that's Dave DeVries anyway he's a really great interview super nice guy and really interesting and really easy to talk to so this is a good one um okay so I'll get to that in a minute as far as what's going on with me these days uh had a had another round of tool posters come they just won't end Although they're slowing down quite a bit. It's not like it was before. But uh, I did that all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Friday through Monday. I was doing that, basically. So got those out of the way. I got a few more I have to do, but they're not. I'm going to be working on the book, the dystopia book, and hopefully get that uh, mostly done. I'm right there. Uh, got my buddy Dos Diablos. You might recognize the name. He's been on the podcast, one of my favorite artists. He's helping out with some graphic design work for the book, and it's all going well. It's going great. It's exciting. Can't wait to have this thing done, like I've said a million times. Uh, so that's pretty much it. I'm back to the book this week. Uh, Let's get on with the new subscribers and then we will get on with the interview. Okay. Vanessa Lemon. Thanks, Vanessa. She's been on the podcast. She's awesome. Uh, Allison Mysack. Thank you, Allison. Appreciate that. Patrick Duggan subscribed and Cheryl Guest. Thank you, Cheryl. Appreciate you all. Couldn't be doing the podcast without you. 
and it keeps it free for everyone. If you want to join, just go to Dark Art Society, uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety, and you can join for as little as a dollar a day. Get the podcast a day early. Get entry into the secret Facebook group and get a free account on the darkartsociety.com website. And you can get in the art jam zooms on Friday and support the podcast and keep it free for everyone and commercial free for that matter except i guess we do a little commercial for patreon but hey that's the way we get our money um i guess that's it anyway uh a really great off the cuff conversational interview with dave devries i really enjoyed it i uh can't say enough good things about him he's just amazing really love his his uh artistic ability he's really uh amazing amazing artist so anyway here we go and uh hope you enjoy this interview with dave devries what's up dave hey how's it going hey, it's going all right in your dark studio at what 11 at night for you yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, the time that my brain comes to life. Right, I know that's 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 many artists' problems is their brain comes to life at night, like when they're laying down in bed, or it's the absence of other people's energy around you. Totally, like man. Whether you live alone or you live uh, with people in your home, there's a certain sense of like just mental quietness. It's almost like a radio broadcast where like people just aren't on the dial anymore and you're just and now it's like you have free reign to roam you know? right like, yeah 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 i remember reading I, I i know i've said this on the podcast before with, with with another artist but i remember reading some interview from some like kind of a weirdo artist like a uh i forget who it was some kind of way out there artist but he was saying he uh he he works at night because he there's no it's the psychic energy of all the people in the world or in his part of the world are asleep so it's like on some cosmic yeah. energetic level you're not even getting that you know it is it, it's totally that and I it's so even too. if you don't go outside you can feel it yeah um, artists yeah. are sensitive people you know i mean there's you know you can't really hide from much when you when you're trying to you know you know tap into that creative energy you, you have to be vulnerable yeah and right it's pretty intense uh so that's i think why a lot of people do that you know i also de- i think it also depends on your artwork you know yeah because your artwork's really like like there's this one artist he uh his gig he's got a really good gig man um i can't remember his name but he he he, he does some pretty nice paintings but he travels around the world and he just paints where he goes so he's like it's almost looks like he's perpetually on vacation oh wow and, he, and and so in order to make a new series of paintings, he has to go to a new cool place. <laughs> it's all a write off. <laughs> and it's all. Yeah, it's all write off. And all his stuff is really like sunny and bright and everything. Or, right. Uh, it it's doesn't get into the territory we're in. So, you know, I imagine that, you know, he can function, you know, during the day. But who knows? You never know. But, uh, you know, those daytime people, though, sometimes they they get the same thing by getting up at like four in the morning. And, yes. work, and working before things start. So you're still getting everyone's asleep and all that. The Hildebrands had a uh, really good good thing that they did. 
uh, I brought my students from the Kubert school cause I was teaching there at the time. And, uh, I remember them saying like, you know, Oh, they had something on their board and it was, um, it was, I was like, this isn't anything that like, you know, I've seen, you know, out and about. And he goes, yeah, this is my, you know, I think it was, uh, Tim was saying it. He goes, yeah, this is mine uh, or ours. And it's, uh, you know, nobody's bought it yet. I'm like, how do you have time? You're so busy. Because, <laughs> well, every morning we wake up uh, at five o'clock in the morning and we work. We don't even get to get coffee, don't shower anything, just go straight to work and work till seven. And then wherever we are, you put every, put that away and you start on the illustration. And he says, you wouldn't believe it, but after like three weeks, you put in a ton of hours wow. and you're, and you're, and you're along. And it's just a matter of getting up that two hours earlier. Right. Yeah. And so it's, a, it's a really good trick, you know, and, and, and it's almost like saving money. It's like almost like, you know, those Christmas clubs where you're like saving money a little right. bit toward, and by the end of the year you have like, where did this oldest money come from? You know? <laughs> right. so it's, it's a good philosophy. And I, I mean, you know, so you do get, if you can get up early, you know, then, then you get that nice kind of quiet energy and at least for a little while. But, it's just uh, so hard. It's so hard. I mean, because yeah. <laughs> the thing is, it's like your mind, or at least my mind is not awake at five in the morning when I wake up. It's like, it takes me at, yes. at least an hour before I can even think about doing anything. It's sometimes longer, right. you know, I just got to sit there and down the coffee. But uh, yeah, my dad though, he, cause he, he was a painter and uh, he, oh. yeah, yeah. My stepdad. <clears throat> so I grew up around with a painter who was painting in the house for a living, you know, and he do an illustration awesome. and stuff. Yeah. It was amazing. And uh, he was super disciplined in the way that he would get up at, he would get up at like four, probably. He'd get up really early, do his, an hour meditation, so, and mm-hmm. go and work, Brand. and then take a nap, and then work for the rest of the day, and then go to bed by like eight or nine. But I would be the night owl when I was a kid, so and they were kind of let me sort of do what I wanted. So I'd be uh, going to bed at like four in the morning, <laughs> and he'd be out there like meditating, sitting there, oh and feel God. like tiptoeing around him. It's pretty yeah, it's funny. Like- yeah, it's like that cartoon, uh, the the is it the Roadrunner? I can't remember what it was, but where the two guys are, they're one's going to one's going right. to work, <laughs> two shifts and stuff. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So you know, yeah. you 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 have met the Hildebrandt brothers. I mean, those yes. dudes are legendary from you know, my childhood. Oh my god, the you know the thing is like their way of painting. It it's you know like if. All right. So, for example, if I'm going to paint like um, like a, a beam of light that's entering a room, mm-hmm. you know, you see that, you know, or it's in the trees and it's coming down. Um, I'll paint the area. Right. And then I'll use an airbrush mm-hmm. and just kind of like make the beam and then maybe paint into it a little bit, touch up here and there. Um, but the, they would go in and they would paint every wrinkle in the beam, a different color. <laughs> and it was just, and it always, and the thing is, and it came through in that work, in their work. So like they had, they had some early Tolkien stuff that they were doing. Right. And mm. I remember looking at it as a kid and really feeling like it was a place and, right. it, was, and it was magic. Oh yeah. Like, like I look at those paintings and I still can get that buzz that I got. Mm-hmm. Look, right. And, I remember meeting, uh, 
I've met them a number of times, but I, uh, after Tim had passed away, I met Greg at, um, Ilixcon. Mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting there going, Oh my God, this is the dude that created that magic. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was just this, this punky little kid just like looking at this stuff. And then, you know, here I am like, you know, at a convention and, you know, we've worked on the same for the same publishers and things like that. But, you know, it's, it'll, I'll never ever be able to escape looking at him the way I saw right. him originally. Right. Even though I know all, all the tricks, you yeah, know, like, yeah, exactly. you're an illustrator, you go, Oh, I know that's how you do that. And that's this and that's this, but something happens, you know, and, uh, there's all, there's a specific bunch of paintings that I saw at that age, but it's just like, I don't know. It's pretty magical. You know, I can't, I can't use any other, I, it's kind of a crappy word, but it really feels like that. And I sometimes wonder about like magic in the world. Like I feel like there's, you know, I'm, I'm constantly at odds with like the world of magic and, you know, not like, you know, magic tricks, but like something beyond the veil Yeah, yeah. and a very pragmatic kind of real world kind of like grounded, you know, um, not atheist because I'm not an atheist, but like, I don't know. It's, I know it's what you're an, saying. Kind of more of like a scientific, but scientific yeah. materialist versus the, you know, more of the magical kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. this weird thing that happens to me. Like when I'm going to bed and, and I'm, and I'm not asleep or anything like that, but I'm lying in bed. Right. And it's a perfect me, you know metaphor for, for how I am with this is that as I shut my eyes, most of the time I don't see anything, but there's this, these weird moments where I shut my eyes and I can see a different room. Like I'm looking at my closet, looking at, I know exactly, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now I'm I'm looking and the thing is it's all in black and white Mm -hmm. and it's in HD and it's, and it freaks me out and I can stare for like a few moments, but then I'm like wondering like if I see somebody walk in the room, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's like that, I get that moment. So like the part of me really wants to go there. And then the part that's like, you know, more realistic and everything. Right. I'm not like saying right. it doesn't exist, but it's just like, do I want to admit that that exists? Because right. then I'm at the mercy of all that kind of like dark, weird energy right. and super <laughs> stuff. And it's really messed up. But but you'd see that too, huh? Oh yeah, totally. I, I've, I mean, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast because I'm like really, I'm into a lot of uh, all that kind of paranormal stuff. But right. just because I've had so many experiences, but I, you know, I get a thing where I, it's like I'm looking through my eyelids, and it's like I can see right. the, I can see the room. That's it. You know, and I've had out of body experiences where I start floating around, and it's like. I'm totally wow. conscious, but I can't control it. And I'm like, ah, how do I control this thing? It's really yeah. weird. And I, and, and it's, I had a, actually I had a, probably one of the most amazing dreams of my life, uh, two or three nights ago where I fully became lucid in the dream where I was like, Oh, I'm dreaming like a hundred percent. And suddenly I was like, totally like regular consciousness like i am now but i was in a dream world and i was going okay i i did it i'm in i know i'm in a dream so i can do anything i want and i looked at my hands and my hands looked like really high res uh 
like CG models with an amazing texture map. So it looked super real, but it looked like a like the real video games they have now that right. you know that they're, right. Right. they're just like almost real, but they're like you said they're like HD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was and and then my hands started going like this. It was like I was looking at them like this, and they started. The hands were stayed the same place, and the fingers were like going. <laughs> oh man! Going, like I, I for the people listening, well, it's you know, like it's actually the video, the the Skype video, is actually actually blended them really well. Okay, <laughs> I think I got the effect. It okay. was very Jacob's ladder. Yeah, yeah, total Jacob's ladder. It was like my fingers just kind of went crisscrossed for people listening, and they and they were going back and forth and blurring, but my hands stayed the same. But then I was like, okay. I can't fall back into the dream and forget or else I'm going to, I'm not going to be lucid anymore. So I was like, I have to just like not get too excited or I'll wake up. And so I was trying to maintain this and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to fly just by my thoughts. And I started flying in this room and it was, and then there was this, this one other thing that was like as big ass acrylic. It was like a basketball, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it? The basketball hoop with like a uh, back, oh, the back, the backboard. Yeah. Yeah. And it was up on this wall, and I was like, if I go and bite that acrylic, you know, it's hard acrylic, I can bite it, and it'll be soft because it's a dream, and I want it to. And I went in, and I, like, bit it, and it was kind of hard, and then I felt it, like, give away and turn soft as I was biting it. And then really? I, and then I, yeah, and then I fell back into the dream, and then I had this epic dream the rest of the night, but forgot I was, I was in a dream. Oh, and I, it was such a trip, but it was like, the weird thing is, I have had, I had one time I smoked DMT, I don't know if you know about DMT. It's yeah. like it's like the it's like, you know, what weed is to psychedelics and acid DMT right. T, DMT is to psychedelics and acid. It's like a quantum leap of. Wow. Yeah. People take it and they go into is like it, a, is it synthetic or is it is it natural? It's it's natural in toad venom. <clears throat> it's like wow. you, they get it from from uh, toads, but they synthesize it as well. People synthesize it. Uh, uh, right. and, so you're saying you took it and you're go ahead. Yeah, you're no. It's, it. It, the thing is, it, it it you know the common thing is people go into another dimension and like see weird alien creatures and stuff like that. And so I I I did one one time I did it. I did it like throughout the day, uh, actually, because it wasn't I wasn't crossing that threshold they call it. And um, I'd been wondering about it for years, and I finally was like, okay. Some guy offered it to me randomly out of nowhere, this friend of mine. I was like, okay. And I tried it. You, you kind of smoke it like in a vape thing. And it was just like – it was like an acid trip for 15, 20 minutes, and then it's gone, and you're totally lucid. And it's like, wow, that's cool. I saw colors and blah, right. blah, blah. Right. Just kind right. of like a regular – but then at the end of the day, I, I hit it one more time before I went to bed at midnight – by myself, sitting with my dog, and I just went, boosh, and just like shot up, shot up through th- into the sky, and and right. it was it was so crazy because uh, all of a sudden everything in my room, my, I'm kind of you can see I'm kind of a slob, everything's kind of messy, but everything, all the the trash and papers were gone, but it was my room, and then like there was a crooked picture on the wall that went like psh, and snapped into place. And like things right. on my on my desk were like doot, 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 like arranging themselves neatly in rows, and then I was like, boom, I was there, and I was in my office where I'm talking to you now, 
and it was like a computer rendering, HD rendering of my office. But I was fully, fully aware, like same consciousness, same way of thinking. And I just was stunned. And all I could do was like look around in disbelief. And it was like there was like a low hum, like everything was kind of electrically powered, but it felt like a virtual environment. Right. And, and that's exactly, right. exactly how it was in the dream when I got lucid in the dream. Right. So it's right. like that drug will basically put you in that place that your mind makes when you have a dream, which is, you know, kind of like this a virtual environment. Right. Uh, do, do you think that uh, you come back from that more creative? Yeah. Or is it I mean, I think a lot of people I know have done that and had these massive like spiritual experiences and came back like completely started atheists and came back as like totally believing in God. And right. I got that from actually in in the 80s when I first discovered LSD and mushrooms. And it's like I got that then. So I already kind of am there. But um, <clears throat> it didn't really it's all of that stuff didn't really like make me more creative that I can tell it's more like it was a, it affected me spiritually more than anything, more like right, just right. kind of my overall outlook on life, you know? Yeah. You see more like, I, I remember, um, uh, I was, I was at a party once and, um, I was dating this girl and, and, um, she was into kind of like psychic things and, mm -hmm. uh, all this other stuff. And, and I, I've always been interested. So what, you know, what, what happened was, um, was it that she talked about psychometry, which is where, where you take, uh, an object and you hold it. Right. So you get the impression from that. Right. At least that's right. what I, um, uh, so, so she gave me a ring and I'm, um, you know, this is, a, this is pretty much how I remember everything. Um, uh, if I get any of the information like screwed up, um, it's been like, that was like 1987. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I had all my crazy experiences in 87. Right. Right. So I'm like, so yeah, so we're, so I'm holding the ring. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking, 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 and really like kind of like, you know, like when, when you see in these movies, people try and move shit with their mind right? and they're just, <laughs> and nothing's happening. That's what was going on. I'm holding this ring and I'm like, and, and, and so finally, um, I'm about to give up and all of a sudden, I start to cry like, wow, I'm like for no reason, like just crying and, you know, like tears coming down my face. I'm not like going, <laughs> but like I am, I am, it's, it's affecting me. Right. And I'm like, I right. don't know what the hell is going on. I, it wasn't like I was going, Oh, it must be the ring. I was just like, Holy fuck. I'm crying, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so I just turned to her. I said, this is really sad. And she's just like, go on. She wasn't going to like. Right. Me. Coax it out of you. Come on. Come on. So I'm like, you know, but at that point it had kind of loosened up a little bit and shit started to like pictures started to come into my head. And I remember um, I saw this, this guy and I said, I see a guy on a motorcycle, dark hair, very handsome, right? He's riding his motorcycle. She goes, okay, go on. She's not giving me anything. And, <laughs> and then I, I said, I, I saw a lake. It's frozen and I saw people go under um, and and I saw him on the lake go, trying to help someone. And she was just like, okay, 
fine. I'll give you the, now I'll give it to you. She goes, that was my uncle. He was, he rode a motorcycle. He had dark hair and he saved five kids from drowning in a frozen lake. And he went back for the six and he drowned with that kid. Oh my God. And that's his ring. And I was just like, and so that's, that's, that's one thing, right? So she goes, keep, she goes, keep going. So I'm like, I'm holding the ring and I'm thinking again, like, er, you know, I'm like really kind of like, and at that point, this is where it got really weird for me. Um, sound started to muffle around me. Like everything around me started to muffle and move in slow motion. And then you ever see that hallway scene in Poltergeist where she's running down the hall? Mm-hmm. It's done with a, uh, it's done with a, uh, uh, when they zoom and then they right. pull the camera back. Yeah, that's like an um, old Hitchcock trick. Right, right. <laughs> and it was like that. The room started to stretch out and everybody was muffled. And I was like, and and it felt like stuff was going towards me and around my head. And it, it like almost like light was kind of bending around me. And it was really. And I'm sitting there going, uh, and I couldn't get my mouth to work. I'm like, God, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and as I tried to explain it, I came out of it and wow. and so I went to this professor at, at Syracuse and I, I told him about it and he goes, you had a sub threshold experience. He was a uh, mysticism a professor. Oh, amazing. I took his class and, and he said, if it's like when people have these religious experiences, you went to the edge, but you didn't. Right. Go the- so. So, I mean, it taught me that there are things like it's it's really like there's a lot of times I feel like, you know, there's no I can't really believe in anything like, you know, people, whatever religion you are, it's like, uh, you know, and I've always been, I guess, uh, agnostic. Mm -hmm. um, But I I, and and I've kind of been tempted to to take on atheism and everything. But I just it's not me. Right. There's too much. (laughs) Yeah, the exactly. world like you know that's how Tom i Tyler feel talked about stuff that happened to him on the show did you on his show on which show and he left oh tom on, tom taggart yeah, yeah he yeah. was on the show yeah, he yeah. left out one thing that i <laughs> it's freaking hilarious <laughs> tom had like been up for like days like tom usually does and he he had left somebody's house and he was driving home <laughs> And he's driving along on Route 287, going back to his little apartment in Bud Lake. And as he 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 said he was not asleep because his hands are on the wheel. He's steering the car. He turned and looked out the window of this of the driver's side window. <laughs> he sees this little elf dude running <laughs> next to his car with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm like, and, I, and you got to ask him about that because I don't remember what he did. I think he probably just looked at it and was just like, "Ugh." <laughs> 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 just kept going. That sounds like something. <laughs> sounds like something. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, it was, uh, it, you know, like every, I, that's the one cool thing is when you do creative stuff, you, you have to kind of access that. Yeah. And I know so, so many artists that, that do and, I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised when I interviewed Tom because I, I I didn't know him that well. Like all the like I was telling you before, it's like 
I never really get to talk to all my artist friends that I show with, except for the this, right. until until this podcast. And so I didn't, you know, Tom is just Tom. You know, he's he's super yeah. talented, funny. He's got a great sense of yep. humor. But I didn't know he had like he had a full blown, full on mystical experience. You know, and yeah. so when that came yeah. up, it was like I love that shit. So it was like. Yeah. Well, really surprised me, me. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, when you have something like like what happened to you happen, you just need one, and you start yeah. going, okay, maybe I'm not. Re- I don't believe in God or I don't believe in magic, but th- I believe there's definitely something, there's something. more. There's, there's something, some- and that's kind I of all you need, really. Good, I think magic is a good word. It's yeah. It's just it's broad and it's. It's unspecific. And like, I have a hard time with religious people because they're just so like, well, this is the way it is. I'm like, yeah. how do you know? Exactly. It's all faith. <laughs> yeah. You know totally. what I mean? It's all. And, and, and like, and then when we start getting into hell, like I have a big problem. Oh, yeah. with hell. That's absurd. Like, because it's just to me, it's like, um, it makes no, I look sense. at it and <laughs> it's, 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 it's well, I said, and I tell people, okay, fine. Visualize hell without fire. And pointy things. <laughs> no pointy things. Not one sharp thing in hell. And it's just like, you know, you could come up with concepts like, well, it's you, know, you can repeat the same, you know, you know, thing over and over again, or you can be denied things that you want and all this other stuff and everything. But it's just like to me, like the kind of classic kind of thing that makes us fearful, right, is all the stuff that um, either tears us apart physically. Right or like burns us. And, and I think it's all based on our like memory of, you know, being prey, you know, right, or being, probably, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean? being and, eaten, gnashing of teeth, uh, you know, it's right. so, so sense. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so like, for me, it's like, I, I think about like, well, if the visualization of hell, which this is the classic thing, you know, and Hieronymus Bosch did an amazing job with visualizing hell. Oh yeah. Some fucked up shit painting. I love that. <laughs> Same here. Uh, yeah, since I was um, a kid. But it's but it's like you know. But I have a hard time saying you know believing anything specific, and you know. Uh, but then I'll sit there and watch these shows on, um, you know, on Netflix, like a haunting or something like that, where they recreate these these things, and you know, suddenly I'm feeling like shivers going <laughs> yeah. in the back of my neck. Did you have like, you se- ha- have you seen uh, the documentary? It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but it, what's it called? Oh, the Nightmare. Have you seen the nightmare? I don't think so. Cause it's, it's really good. It's like, it's just interviews with people who have had, uh, um, encounter and it with, uh, what they call shadow people, which are just mm-hmm. like these black figures. And they, they sometimes they'll have a top hat. Sometimes they'll have like right. a, a, like they're like kind of gangstery looking fedora right. kind of. And, and it's like a thing, shadow people. And, um, so they interview them and I, I have, uh, I, I didn't see a shadow person, but I've seen something like that. And I know a lot of people have seen it. My brother has seen, seen one. And it's, and it's, it's that thing you were talking about where you can see that your room when you're yeah. falling asleep, it's that, that's the place. It's like in, in the, in magical and like the, the traditional ceremonial magical terms, it's like what you would call the astral plane, like a lower level of consciousness to where all the, the uh basically the energy of like shells of people who have died their energy is still kind of wandering around and, and fucked up right. people it's kind of like the 
the the crud of the universe is settles in this in this right. realm and you can kind of get there in your sleep sometimes and right. i've had it to where like you know i had one i talk about it in my documentary i talk about a lot of times where this this guy was standing next to me hitting me with a pillow repeatedly and it was terrifying. And, and this voice kept going in my head. It's only try. He can only scare you. He can't actually hurt you. And I was like in that state and I couldn't move. I was like paralyzed. And, I was, and he was just hitting me with the pillow. And you were seeing this with your eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. Like talking about totally. Okay. Yeah. Fully. And, um, see, uh, I never, I never stay there long enough to get hit with a pillow. <laughs> It's scary. It, the thing is, I believe me, believe me, I, I, I get it. I've had some things where I try to explain it afterwards and people are just like, that's charming. <laughs> no, it's fucking scary. No, it's, it's the weird thing is I've had uh, when I was a lot of stuff happened when I was probably 14 or 15. I've had one out of body where I left my body. I was floating around my room and it felt so good. It felt like. It felt like, you know, when I tried ecstasy when I was an adult, I finally tried ecstasy. And it's this just love feeling of happiness right. and freedom. And that's what it felt like. Like, But I hadn't done any drugs when that happened. And I was right. floating around and I was totally aware and conscious. And I was thinking, ah, oh, this is what it's like when you die. It's like this is the real me beneath all the other crap. It's like this is the real me and it feels amazing. And this is what happens when you die. So there's nothing to be afraid of. And and then right. I went woo, 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 and went started to go through the wall and it was early in the morning because I had just I had woken up and fallen back to sleep and I went through the wall and I could see in between the wall which was really weird and then it was I as soon as I hit the brightness of the morning I was just like with a rubber band just like pulled me back into my body and I like woke up right. but but what I was yeah. but what I was going to say is this documentary the nightmare it's interviews with people who have have had those. Uh, out of body experiences where they've seen the uh, shadow people where they have sleep paralysis right. they can see through their right. eyelids a lot of times and there's the, there's a guy or a thing in black you know standing over them and the feeling you get of just pure dread it's like i've i've had it before like i said with this pillow guy and a couple other times and it's it's like a cosmic terror it's so weird it's like the deepest horror i've ever felt like you feel there's an evil presence in the room and right. which is weird because i was raised more like my mom was kind of new age and into not i wasn't ra raised to believe that there was like evil spirits and demons or any of that stuff and right. but but you sense you you feel it like there's a there's something evil in here and it, so it kind of totally went against everything I was raised to believe. You know, I'm more right. of like a light. Everything's good, ultimately, that's, kind of, you know. Interesting. That's really interesting because I always felt, because I was raised Catholic. Oh, that okay. <laughs> there's a lot of, like, you're, the whole Catholic and Christianity just glorifies the devil as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, right. like, you know, it's like if you don't have a boogeyman, then what do you need to be saved from? Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so. But like, you know, you're pumped full of like, you know, the devil's going to get you. He's yeah. going to possess you. Yeah. This is going to take, you know, and and, um, you know, so like I always like I'm my son is 13. I don't raise him with any religious upbringing, but I don't think you can get through society without picking up those things. Oh, for sure. You yeah. Know? Our culture it, is you know, it's the culture. It's permeated the culture totally. to the point where, you know, 
interesting. You're raised a certain way, but I probably think those messages got through to some extent. Oh, you know, for sure. Which yeah. that's yeah, true. Yeah. But, but it's like, but, and that's, see, now this is the part of my brain that's just like reality check. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? I'm like, <laughs> of this and go like well that might be a hypnagogic dream you know, right right got, right but the you know, but the thing is uh sure maybe it's a hypnagogic dream it's a scientific thing but that doesn't mean that the scientific hypnagogic dream is also something more that we don't know you right. know that's the way i see yeah. all this stuff is it's just stuff science hasn't figured out yet i mean it's actually um you know, it's really similar to, to stuff that they talk about with quantum physics, you know. There's a lot yes, I, you know, there's a lot we don't know still. So Yeah, it's a it's it's um it's just you know, was it magic is science Right not yet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's Isaac Asimov, uh, it, I think, yeah, said that. Yeah. One th- one person I, I had a friend of mine, she was a she's a medium and she was just like, you know what? Your spirit's way stronger than any of that crap. Like anything that comes your way, right. your spirit is so much stronger than any That's of it. Tr- you know, this is, see, I've been, I, I hate, <laughs> I don't want to keep bringing it, I bring it up on like every podcast. I'm studying magic for the last couple of years, but it's like, it always comes up. And I, and, and so I, I kind of feel self-conscious about saying it, but I've been studying magic for the last couple of years. And, um, right. cause my mom raised me, like I said, to be, you know, she taught me to meditate she taught me self-hypnosis. She taught me creative, mm-hmm. creative visualization, like manifesting by thinking about yeah. things and stuff. And I always did, did that stuff growing up. And it always worked. So it was like, okay, this is real somehow. I don't know how, but it works. And right. so, but in the last few years, I was like, I've been kind of like, um, you know, I, I, I want to know exactly what I'm doing. I want to kind of t- basically go to actual school and, you know, right. like, like you would for something you really want to learn about. So right. I started taking these, I found this great place to learn like technical ceremonial magic stuff. And, um, so, oh, what was, what did we start with? What were we just talking about? I'm completely blanking. I do this every uh, episode. The fact <laughs> that you wanted to study magic. And yeah. Uh, but what, what started before that? Science. So oh. you're talking about how, yeah. 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 Um, Quantum uh, physics. Yeah, I totally lost it, but <laughs> I, I I know I, I mean I I know something that's kind of similar to it. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna come back. Yeah, I do this at least once an episode, so I'm not even embarrassed by it anymore. But um, uh, uh a lot of the stuff that this this guy teaches from he teaches you know traditional what people have been doing this kind of stuff for forever for thousands of years, hundreds of years for right. sure. But um, uh, uh, a lot of a lot of the things that he you know this guy that teaches it the this Jason Louv dude he's um, he he's very What's Jason Louv L O U V L U V yeah it's it's okay. called Magic Me is the website and it's like it's basically okay. video courses on all this stuff and it's it's right. it's really interesting and really cool. Um, God, I wish I could remember my initial point, but, but, but it does really relate to, he's very kind of scientific minded. So, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of it relates to, uh, you know, quantum physics. It's the stuff lines up on, on a certain level. And, um, I mean, it's funny because there's, there's a thing called chaos magic, which is like a a thing that came up in the eighties where it's like, uh, you, you learn to, this guy kind of, 
came upon this theory that if you strip away all the things like people wearing robes and and doing the rituals that you can make your own rituals up because magic only ha- you know it happens in the mind basically right. and so your mind right. is what's ha- making the thing manifest blah right. blah blah um, you're unlocking you're unlocking that that energy right right and so the the theory it's behind almost- like ceremonial magic and ritual and even like rituals in Catholicism's got like crazy rituals that are totally like magic rituals. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, But for whatever reason, the human mind responds really well to rituals, you know? So it's like, that's, that's the kind of the key to uh, accessing that part of your subconscious to make these things happen, basically, you know, to whatever you're trying to get to happen. Um, Right. But again, I forgot my initial point. <laughs> like I said, yeah, like you said, I'm sure it'll come back up. But oh, the right. chaos, the chaos magicians. Oh, that that's part, one of the things uh, that you, that you learn when you're studying chaos magic is be you know live life as an atheist for six months. Six months. Live okay. life as a Hindu for six months. Live life as a Catholic. Live life as a fundamentalist Christian, because it's like reality is sort of malleable, and these are all just kind of like, uh, um, they're not absolute truth. And it's like you know you you sh- you shouldn't get caught up in dogma at all. So it's like right. it's like a good exercise for your ego. I, I, to- I, I agree with I agree with that, and I remember when in the back in '87 when I was kind of. Uh, studying a little bit of, um, I just go to this like meditation class. And mm-hmm. I remember like at one time they let me do the, the guided meditation and I always hated the happy field. Right. Just, I another fucking happy field, you know, and you're, you're on the beach. I'm like, fuck the beach, you know? <laughs> so like I took people down into like an underground, like, you that's know, exactly what I've fluorescent lit caves, like under, under the earth and it's crazy. You know, swimming. Yeah. It's crazy and, that and like, I, I have to, let me interject. Cause that's exactly, sure. there was a, there was a, I, cause I've been a meditator all my life and there was a technique of meditation to where you have to envision going to a special place. My special place was that, da- you know, I, I, a thing came up in my backyard. I stepped inside. It was like a big metal tube and it went eh, down into like a cave, just like you're saying, exactly the same right, kind of thing. Right. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go on. And no, it's cool. It's totally cool. And, and, uh, but it's the, the principle is you can find your way there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a matter of being, you know, you know, accessing that creative energy that works for you. Cause I think we're, we, we get sort of bored with, you know, I, I can't like I look at all these like angel books and stuff. I'm like, I, I like I like how like um, Brian Froud like took elves and there's like one book that he do did of his illustrations. And it was a, um, you know, you, uh, is it is it I came not elves. It was um, fairies. Yeah. Fairies. Yeah. That's it. yeah that so famous fairies, one. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And mm-hmm. then he also did a book where he painted them as he saw them, which were these weird kind of light. Oh, you know, yeah, said, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and like, I like that because it strips away, you mm-hmm. know, the, the conditions that we have to, you know, feel comfortable with. But, right. um, but yeah, no, I, what I like about like, you, you know, you're saying you, you, you talk about energy. I mean, not energy, uh, that you study magic. There's nothing wrong with that because it's part of like who you are and it's part of like your work. So right. people who are fans of your work actually see that coming through, you know what I mean? And, 
I now so. on a on a cheap a cheap angle, there's a marketing element to it because people want to if they know that the artist is into right. like, these things, they <laughs> they want a piece of that. Everything. I remember when I was in. Do you ever have you ever seen this painter? He's he's unbelievable. He's really really good. He was a teacher of mine at Syracuse University. His name is Jerome Whitkin. No, you should look him up. His stuff, Jerome Whitkin's stuff is he he. I can't. I don't want to encapsulate everything he's done, but he's done a series on the Holocaust that's just chilling, and he's done. It, it's it, his stuff looks realistic, but when you look up close, it's really gutsy and 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 um, visceral and not like you know blended so that it's in perfect little right. world. Um, it's very very like he, the the painting chops on this guy are, is unbelievable. Huh. And um, and so anyway, he has a he has a brother. Who is a photographer named Joel? Joel Pe- Peter. Yeah, I was gonna say, was this Joel Peter Wicken? He's like one of my favorites. They're twins. Look up Jerome Wicken. Oh, amazing! They're they're humongous. Some of the paintings are humongous, but um, anyway. So here's the deal: they're twins, right? right. And I'm sitting right. in the office, and we're talking about like stories and stuff about artists and things like that. And the secretary was like, "Oh, and that story about uh, about Jerome and his brother." And I'm like, "What? What story?" She's like, oh, you don't know it? I'm like, no. We're playing on me. It's like, oh, well, when they were in New York City, I think they were in New York City. Like when they were kids, they were walking down a street and uh, and they came upon a garbage pile and they 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 spied something in the garbage. And I was just like, well, what was it? And like, it was a human head. <laughs> and like a decapitated human head. Right. I'm like, what? So like, that's terrible. But what'd they do? Well, they picked it up and you know how twins are. They kept passing it back and forth and studying it and then put it back into the next one back and forth. And at that moment, Jerome walks in and he goes, Oh, that story. He goes, we made that up for the press. Yeah. Right. That's what I was going to say. Cause I thought, uh, I, I just recently, uh, found this guy that made a documentary about Joel Peter Wicken that never got distribution. And right. um, I contacted him and he sent me a copy and um, it's really great. And I think they talk, I, I'm pretty sure they talk about that wasn't actually, that didn't actually happen, but that's the story right. I grew up with. The story yeah. I, I grew up with, cause I've been into him since I was like a teenager, uh, Joel Peter yeah. Wicken. Um, it, it was a girl got in a car accident and the head came off. Her head right. came off and rolled right in front of him, or something like that. You know, right? Okay. So maybe. Well, the, I remember the story that the way they told it. So That's maybe hilarious. they were fucking up the story, and then he right. was just like, "It doesn't matter if I correct him because it's all bullshit." Yeah. Uh, That's hilarious. But but it brings up a really good point about art, and it's like um, a lot of times the BS surrounding art mm-hmm. helps sell the. And oh, I have yeah. a hard, I have a really hard time with that. You know, because like when I started on Monster Engine, I I found that people wanted to paint me into a corner with, you know, um, you know, you you are you're so connected with kids and you have this, you know, uh, child childlike energy and you, you know, you you see it the way they see it. And like part of me is like, you know what? Um, I And my family, I've always been kind of like the big goofy kid. Mm hmm. Because I was the youngest of four, mm-hmm. and I I do connect with kids, and I can totally get on their level and stuff. Yeah, and, and me too, them, right? Same here. But at the same, but at the same fucking time, I'll I'll be like hearing that and being like, yeah, 
well, you know, I'm just applying light and shadow and bounced light and, you know, texture and, you know, some cast shadows and putting them in a weird environment and it's done. (laughs) Fuck you. You know, so, you know, there's like this, this part of me that's just like, I didn't want, I, I, it's really hard for me to, you know, uh, to deal with that part of the art world. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Just keeping up appearances kind of horseshit that I hate. Well, that's, uh, I mean, my approach has always been I'm just going to be myself, which right. is why I talk about magic. It's like, because really, I kind of feel insecure about talking about it because a lot of people just think, you know, there's like, a really militant, uh, atheistic, there's like militant atheists now, which is, you know, I totally get, I'm kind of a pro atheist. I get what they're doing. They're just as dogmatic. That's what I'm saying though. So it's like, there's that element now. So to talk about this, it's like you get religious people that think you're a devil worshiper. And then you get atheists that think you're just like, you know, delusional. So it's kind of, you right. know, it makes me a little uncomfortable to talk about, but I still talk about it because, you know, when I, I figured when I started, uh, you know, trying to be a fine artist, I, you know, there was a lot of talk, people advising me, you got to get a good bullshit story. You got to, you know, right. market yourself. And I figure, you know, to me, my artwork, one of the things that was really important to me was for the artwork to be honest and real and what I think is amazing. You know, I paint what I love to paint. That's it. And so right. it's it was important to me, especially coming out of the film industry where I felt like it was not pure art. It was it was commercial art and I felt, you know, compromised and all that stuff. And so right. I was, so I was like, I, I got to I got to be real with this art, which is why I ended up painting monsters, because that's what I painted when I was a kid. And, and I right. felt the most pure then, like I didn't have any reason to do it other than the love of doing it. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to try painting monsters and then, you know, see how that takes off. Um, yep. It was also, to, did, what was but you're it? Also you also sculpts as well. Yeah. 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 So and that, yeah. A... In the film, I mean, that's what I was in the film industry primarily it was a creature right. sculptor. Um, right. But, uh, so, oh, so anyway, I was like, I'm going to be real with the artwork and I'm going to be real about who I am. That's, that's, that's the market. That's how I'm going to market myself. And it's like, right. that's cause I'd want to be honest. You know, I just want to be, that's, sure. I don't know to me that I, I don't, it's, I have a real problem with artists that put up a front, like whether it's like the tough guy or the rocker or the, you know, right. I just, I have no you, you know what it is at all. I, it bugs I, me. I, I sometimes wish that like, now I agree with you on that. I agree with it. Like when you see that kind of posturing, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just, it invalidates whatever they did. I know. And sometimes they're you know? great. And sometimes <laughs> they're great. Like, you know, and I've known artists who were like amazing, amazing, but they're just shit people. Right. You know, right. I yeah. still love their work. Right. But I just didn't know. Uh, you know, I, I mean, when I when the bottom line with with uh, with the whole like bullshit story thing is that I just it's 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 hard to keep up that front. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> act. Yeah, I don't want to have to remember. Yeah, have to it's, remember it's, it's, what you said and fuck that. 
Yeah. And there's another thing. There's like this whole thing about being an artist is people think it's just, you know, they look around the room and they're like, oh, you got all this cool shit around your room. It's like all these fun, like, you know, reminders of, of either project you worked on or little figurines and stuff. And it's so much fun. You guys have like weird hours and you get to listen to the radio and <laughs> uh, and 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 while you work and I'm just like, yeah, OK, that's there. But you're also sometimes like freaking out like because you can't paint. Right. <laughs> you're sitting paint something, painted a million times and you just can't blend the fucking paint. Right. And and or you can't figure out like the space between one character and the character who's right behind him. There's a little sliver that's maybe about a quarter of an inch <laughs> wide and you can't figure out should you make it dark light or light, dark, light, dark, you know, or how do you do you do a, a you know, what am I going to? How do I make this work? And right. you're and you're stuck, and like it's it's stressful. Yeah. Like and so, by the time I get shit up on a gallery wall or in a magazine or in a comic book or whatever, mm. it's ancient mm. history, dude. Right. It's like old <laughs> fucking school. And, Same here. And, and I'm and 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 you know like I kind of envy like people who sing mm. because they're when they're belting it out they're with the audience at the exact moment when the energy is just flooding the room right for us it's like it just drips out right yeah. and then it fills up into a little square frame and we put it on a wall and then they walk <laughs> in and it splashes them right and we're yeah yeah i already did that yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah totally it's like I can't, I can't i wish i could see it the way you can see it you know and right. so it's like you're happy that you're you're sharing this thing and they're and they're like appreciating it or blown away but it's like you can't you can't see it in the same way i mean you can't see no, you any can't. of your artwork the way other people see it i i've talked about this with friend artist friends of mine you'll never i mean we will never see our work like anybody else sees never. it because we have this weird such a deep relationship with it it does it, it's like it's it's a trip and it's and it's slow to create yeah and that's enough even if you paint something quickly it's still you're on the end but I've tried, dude. And I got a little story. <laughs> okay. I told before on shows, but so I was doing this this book called um, called Blue Shift by a friend of mine, uh, Alex uh, Jimenez and um, and uh, Blake Hutchins. Alex was the creator, and he's a video game designer. And so, like, it's I feel real proud to be part of it because, like, he's he's uh, he's one of these guys that goes way way back. So anyway, I'm doing the book. And when you do a comic book, which is the very pretty much the only two issue comic I've ever done. OK, that's a lot of work, a lot of time went into it. Yeah. I would just like people would say, oh, it's cool. I love it. And I'd be like, I don't I wanted to see what it was like. I want to know what that's like. Right. Well, it's like, oh, well, be like Whoa. <laughs> exactly. Because I look at it, I go pain. Next page. Pain, 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 pain. <laughs> ow, ow, pain. OK, that's OK. Ooh, ow. You yeah. know? And, and so. So like, so what I did was I, <laughs> I called up a hypnotist. Oh, and I, I said, listen, <laughs> dude, I want you to make me forget my work. And he's just like, okay. And he had never done this before. He didn't like, he didn't have any understanding of like, you know, like why somebody would do this, but he did it. <laughs> And I went in there and I, ha I came up with this elaborate plan that my friend Rich, who was teaching down in Philadelphia, 
was going to call me up after the session and he was going to say, Dave, because we had to come up with something plausible. You can't just show me my work. And I'd be like, that looks a lot like my work, you know. Mm. Wow. There's, there's got <laughs> to right? He came up with this plan. Rich was the one. He goes, why don't we do this where we have I'll tell them that they're really influenced by you and they really want your feed. Could you review their comic book? Because I'm like, I don't review comic books, but all right, for school, I'll do it, you know, and that's <laughs> the plan we came up with. Right. And um, and I'm long story short, I went into this long session with this dude and I what with hypnosis, I thought you would just be a, like in another mental state and you wouldn't really know much of what's going on. But it just felt like I had my eyes closed and I was in the chair. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. It doesn't feel like anything's happening. It doesn't. And then when I was done, they said, how long did it feel like it was? I was like 15 minutes. He goes, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> so, so there was some altered state right, there, and, yeah. but it just did not work. Oh, really? I'm <laughs> like, you have to understand how hard I tried, but then, <laughs> Like years later, I, uh, I have a friend of mine who's a fellow teacher, and she goes to a hypnotist, and the guy can look at her for like five or six seconds, say a couple things, and because she's been, you know, worked on with him, she goes, "I just she, she just flopped like a fish." Wow, she's dead fish, and he's talking to her, and she, she was out. Like I'm like, I should have got that guy. Yeah, but, yeah. But I I would love to see if somebody could actually pull that off. Well, you know, forget. <laughs> Forget your own work, right? And look at it. It's such a great well, idea. And what? How valuable would that be? You know, to be able to see it like that. I heard yeah, that yeah. my wife went to a hip, hypnotist one time to quit smoking, and it didn't work because she, she's he. The hip, hypnotist said some people just can't be hypnotized, and you're one of them. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's very true. That's very true. I thought that myself, but oh well. It's a great you know, idea, I, though, man. Yeah. Well, somebody maybe will pull it off, and then uh, they'll write about it, and and uh, we'll all be talking about it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's you know the things you do for your work, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of a bummer to never be able to have that distance to see it that way, see your work that way. But I don't know. For me, it's like it's all about making the stuff. It's like when it's mm-hmm. done, I don't sit and look at it. You know, it's right. The, the right. fun is, is figuring out the puzzle and making the paint, right. you know, the, 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 or what I enjoy the most is the creation. So once one's right. done, I'm like, okay, I want to do another one. This is old, you know, I'm not really right. Yep. So yep. get it in the show or whatever. Um, I, I want to, before, you know, I, I want to talk about your, I mean, you, cause you're like kind of a legendary illustrator, comic book dude monster engine (laughs) it doesn't i can tell you that much it doesn't feel that way (laughs) no way no way i i still feel like i'm right out of school yeah and i'm i'm you know i mean i'm friends with i'm friends with the people that i looked up to um on facebook and have met them and in person and but no matter what i do it's like i don't like people anyone tells me like oh you're a legend or you're the famous or you know most of the time i'm I'm just like thank you for remembering who i am you know (laughs) you shouldn't remember you shouldn't even know who i am you know 
you know, and you get letters and stuff from people in different countries. I'm like, how the hell do you know? How, how did you find me? You know, <laughs> I think that, I mean, it, that's, that's, I think that's common with, I think with artists and people that, you know, artists that get uh, a certain level of fame. I mean, I, unless you're, I don't know, believing your own myth. I think most, yeah. uh, cause I feel the same way. I feel still like, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like right, fooling right. everybody. You know, yeah. It's totally. Yeah, there, there's all that. There's all that. I mean, there's, you know, I think, well, it takes a lot, but like, I think if you get courted by famous people and big companies, there's an easy trap to fall into. Like, hey, I'm important. Right. You know, and, um, you know, and it, I think it's really important to remember not to judge you by those people those companies and always remember that the every day it's the board that judges you right your drawn board tells you you're full of shit right <laughs> your, your drawing board will tell you you're fucking awesome you know right you, it's, it's the thing that goes i don't care what people say you listen to me and 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 that's that's what like so after I get done with the painting and I and I kick some ass, I'm like, ah, I did it, man. And then, you know, my wife's like, change the litter. I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take out the trash. <laughs> so so it's like, you know, it's it, it, it really I mean, you, you got to You got to like, you know, and I and I think what it is, is that there are so many people who want to be able to pierce the veil. And see into other worlds, especially with the kind of work we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see those those paintings. You want to watch those TV shows. You want to see those movies because they 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 take you to a place you know exists in your mind. You mm-hmm. feel it, and you don't have the ability to go there. Right. So, you know what I mean. Like I I don't, you know. So for me, it's like I feel a certain sense of responsibility to myself first to do those things and make those, those windows open them up. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I'm a little frustrated lately because, uh, I teach and, um, I, I, a couple of years ago, um, I went back to school and got my degree so I could teach in, uh, public school. Mm, wow. So I'm actually, actually, yeah, I start, um, I actually, since September hits, I'll be in, teaching high school again so i've been teaching for six years no way what that would be amazing to get you as a high school teacher that would be awesome (laughs) it's 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 kind of it's kind of it's very humbling so like (laughs) so you might have somebody go you're a legendary and you walk in you're like all right i want you to try this and i'll like demonstrate something they're like when's lunch you know (laughs) so yeah but you're doing it for the student you're doing it for the student that yeah yeah that would would be like like me i'd be like oh my god i got this amazing legendary illustrator as my art teacher that's what you're doing it for it's 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 there are those kids and they're there that's the thing that really uh keeps you going but i mean i went back um because in the beginning um like i think around 2008 I got a job working for doing that comic I was telling you about that I got hypnotized for. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that ended, I worked with disabled people for a few years and the pay was really, really, really bad, but it was super rewarding. Not oh bad. my God. It was, you know, we were there. We, we actually executed paintings without any input from our minds. 
Like oh, I literally cool. the system, ask them questions. How do you want me to move the brush? How, you know, it's called arts access. It's in New Jersey at, uh, Matheny medical. Um, and it's people with cerebral palsy and they create their own original paintings that are on a grand scale, big paintings, big abstract paintings, some referential, but, but really like gallery quality, beautiful. Amazing. And there's nothing. And the, the, the real testament to it is when I started, there was a number of painting facilitators before me and a facilitator is somebody who just carries out the actions. Right. And, and, uh, and the same disabled artist, their work from the beginning of the nineties up until when I left looks consistent. Wow. So even, even though there's a cast of facilitators, nobody puts their spin on it. What a and trip. It, 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 yeah. It was really, really cool. That's awesome. And, uh, and, and so, but the, the pay was abysmal and, and that just, it's sad, Yeah. but, uh, and I couldn't stay. And, um, you know, I, I, my, I have a family, I have a house and, you know, the, 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 the illustration work was, was, uh, was not as, you know, lucrative. Um, and you know, maybe I just wasn't applying myself enough, but I, I went on to be, you know, to, to, to teach middle school. And then within the first year I got a call from Hollywood to work on the Lego two movie. Hmm. And so I'm just like, uh, I'm a, <laughs> teacher and they're just like well if you can come out for just a weekend and you know we'll use you and i'm like okay so i, I they're like come out now i'm like dude it's october yeah. I, I don't have vacation time <laughs> and it's wait well, i was like you can you can can you make it up uh in november and i went out there and and um and they they just let me work at home for the next month and a half and uh, cool uh, it, was, it was a great thing but it was exhausting mm-hmm. i mean the day that i the day that i finished it was a Sunday night and I got finished at like three in the morning and sent it in and I had to get to school by like six thirty. Oh my god. I had nothing in the tank. Wow. I mean I just walked into class and I was like, kids, here's some paper and pencils, just draw something. <laughs> you know You know, I was really, really bad that day. Wow. And but it was like but so that that's the dilemma. And I find that I have not a lot of time to make art. And uh, the painting I just did for for Marvel um, took me like probably like 12 to 18 weekends, you wow. know, just working. Right. I mean, I worked on this one painting like a madman, but it was like, you know, I just didn't I, I wanted to do my best job, but I, I could only devote. And then there's family time and all this other yeah. stuff that comes in. So it gets really daunting and uh, the summer is when I catch up and I do some more work and, 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 um, and I can kind of get some ground again. And, um, you know, it, but it's, it stabilizes my life and our finances and, and, um, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that's like, you fucking pussy, you should be a full time (laughs) artist. Like, yeah, tell that to, tell that to, uh, all the the bill collectors and stuff. Right. that at a convention i'm like i did the four horsemen of the apocalypse i painted three out of four and he goes where's where's war i'm like uh this i the company out of business so i you know couldn't finish it he's like that's an excuse i would have just finished it (laughs) you're a pussy and he walks away i'm just like really i was just like what the hell (laughs) i was like really I was really pissed, you know, because he just 
you know, I mean, there's a real world aspect to things. And, um, you know, I, I look at a lot of like what I do, Mm -hmm. um, as being, all right. So, um, I don't really think I found my way in the art world yet. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like, yes, I have a style. Yes. I've worked for these companies. Yes. I have a, a good project that I started, but the project, the monster engine works with kids if you if you don't you know know anything about it, no, it's I take yeah. kids' drawings, I trace them onto a canvas, and then I apply everything that I know about light and shadow and color, and I flesh them out. Yeah, it's a br- and, brilliant you know, genius idea. I know everybody, every artist was jealous of when that when that came came out. It's so uh, amazing. Well, it, it was real. Well, so yeah, when it came out it was it was such a a, a great time in my life um, for just you know you know, you just want to get that exposure and, you know, you could try to manufacture that and it's not, it just sometimes, this just happened. Yeah. That's, I was going to, that's, I wanted to ask you about this because I mean, I think I'm sure that's where I first saw your work was the, the monster engine because it was everywhere. I mean, it really went, went viral. Like seriously, you're, you're, it did. It was on TV. It was everywhere. And, um, I was just, you know, up to that point, you know, you, you've been, the, you were a successful illustrator for video games and uh, gaming companies and, and magazines and everything, right? You were kind of like an illustrator. Yeah, a lot of and trade cards for uh, yeah. Marvel, did a lot of Marvel uh, licensing work. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So you, but, had, yeah. you so, had this full-on career happening and you just kind of did this monster engine. Well, How did that come about? Um, well, you know, it was just one of it. All right. So, um, I was on the beach and I, you know, I have a sketchbook and I'm, you know, I, I draw my sketchbook and my niece was there. She's, she was like six or five at the time. And, uh, when she picked up my sketchbook, I, I, I always tell her, don't touch my sketchbook. You know, I didn't want her to, cause kids don't draw, they carve into the, right. the page, you know, and then for the next 20 pages, I see their drawing. So <laughs> I was just like, don't touch uncle Dave's sketchbook. And I went into the ocean and she picked it up. And of course she drew something. And uh, when I got out, I was just like, God fucking damn it. And I'm like thinking in my head, you know, and I'm looking and I'm seeing this, the indentations on the other page. I'm like, God damn. And then I looked at the drawing and I don't know, it just kind of clicked. And I was like, Hey, when I paint the thing or I paint carnage or I paint any other weird monster, I don't have any reference and it's just the line drawing and I make it look three dimensional. And then I was like, what would happen if that was three dimensional? And that's where it began. And I thought, what a cool idea, right? right. <laughs> Shut the book and forgot about it. And, and I taught at the Kubert school and I remember trying to get to the get these kids to realize i'm like guys i know you hate abstract painting because a lot of them did like that's fucking bullshit you know just throwing in a canvas i'm like no it's not it's like you guys are going into an industry where you have to paint stuff like if you go into dr strange's alternate dimension you know dormammu's or whatever dimension that's something that you have to make up Right. There's no, right. you can't get a picture of a field and right. put it in there. <laughs> so you have to understand how to bust out things on an abstract level. And I was just like, I'll fucking prove it to you. 
So I went home and I got the, the drawing and I was like, I'm going to turn this thing three dimensional because they, I'm going to show them, I don't know how that correlates, but, but to take something that was so simple, like Picasso loved kids drawings and stuff, right. you know, and he, and he wanted to draw like a child. And I was like, I'll take the kids drawing and I'll bring it into a, into a language that they understand. And so I painted that as a demo and it kind of like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, that's lightning in a bottle. I got to do. And so from there, that's, and over the next seven years, um, I did more paintings and I came up with an idea for the book and I would go out to my friend's, uh, college out in North Dakota. He would teach me how to lay it out and, uh, oh, so you, you know, completely self-published the book? I self-published the book. Wow. Yeah. And because I had brought it to a number of people, because what I would do is I would go interview the kids after the painting was done and I'd transcribe it and then I'd, you know, put it in the book. And, uh, and it functions sort of like, you know, like that Playboy style of interview where they have the three photos of the person talking mm-hmm. and reacting. Right. And then you see. So I did that style of layout and um, and you'd have the drawing, the start of the interview on the next page. You flip the page. There's the remainder of the interview. And then there's the there's the painting. And so there's a kind of a snap kind of thing. You turn the page like, ah, that's cool. And you flip back and you flip back. So um, so so like when when I got the book done and I, I, I showed it to people, I showed people the idea for the dummy. A lot of people like who were in children's books and companies were just like, I can't sell this. Like, I don't know what to do with this. Really? This is an interview. It's a project. I wish you luck with it. What but it's idiots. like, you know, <laughs> one guy said to me, he goes, if you take all these interviews and you make poems out of them, like extrapolate all the information in it and make a fun poem, then maybe you could sell it because then it's readable. I'm like, can't you just read the interview? Like, but this is, gonna, and this is because it it's turned a, out to be. It was a brilliant idea, and it's like the brilliant ideas are always like on the bleeding edge, and they're past what's been. Do- they're just past what's been done before. And you hear that all the yeah. time of people passing on amazing scripts or bands or whatever because right. they can't see see that far ahead. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yes. And so I just said, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm going to make this happen on my own. And, uh, you know, one thing that I always tell my students is marry well, because my wife was 34, <laughs> 35. We didn't have kids yet. We weren't married uh, or we were just married. We we're about to get married. One of the and, you know, we used about mm, about half of our savings. Wow. For, for one show one Javits Center show, like for Book Expo. Wow. That includes backdrop, the the you know, the um uh the video, promotional video, the the easel, all the books, everything wow. was like a fuck ton of money. And we get to the convention and we set up and um I'm like, hopefully we can make some money back when we sell these books. And this guy walks up and he overhears me, he goes, You can't sell books here. This is an industry show. You give away books. These are these are publishers. You can't sell the books to them. This isn't. A, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my god! Shit. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh fuck! Fuck! <laughs> and I, I tell I tell my wife, and she's just like, great. I'm like, but she was just like, whatever. We're gonna do well. We're gonna be fine. And um and so we 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 got. I sold enough books 
under the table to a few people <laughs> just so I could pay for my parking. And we worked our asses off. And then we then and and so at the end of the thing, I was I felt like I had failed. And I failed her. I failed her belief in me. I was just like, I'm toast. So we drove home and we stopped off at Applebee's and and I was just like, honey, I'm really, really sorry. I really, I really fucked up. I'm really she goes, just shut up and order and relax. Okay. We'll we'll get through this. And uh and and I did. I, I don't know what I had, but it must have been tasty and I got home and <laughs> you know, she she um she's on the couch watching TV. I check my email and it's just like bling. I'm like, hey, we sold a book, twenty five dollars. Yay! She's like, yay. This was on, this was what on a website. You had it on a on for. for... I had a website. Okay. So the website launched the day before the convention, or okay. the day of the convention launched. So so the so it was sort of like a you know coordinated launch. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I checked the website and there it was a sale. And so I went to bed and I woke up the next day, checked my email, and my my friend was like, dude, you're on Boing Boing just like what the fuck is boing boing it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a huge influential blog you are you're everywhere you're and suddenly my inbox are like ding 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 and within like that month i think i had two million hits on my website oh my god and, and it was i got on um a couple of tv shows uh, Japanese Nippon TV came to me and, and had me like, uh, audition so I could be on a game, a game show, which I, I did later on that summer. Um, this was like, in, in <laughs> wow, it was, it was so wild. It was so wild. And like, I, I'm still to this day, you know, I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? But it was, <laughs> it, it really, it really was an amazing give back because we made our money back. It took a couple of years, mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. made that money back. And so it wasn't a, you know, sometimes you got to gamble right? and, uh, and it went viral over and over and over again. Right. Like about, till about 2012, 13 or so, that was like the last big ride. And, um, what I did notice happened was that there were people that started doing this on the web. Oh and, yeah. I know. I you know, share. They're, they're like, and they just go, I saw this on the internet and I wanted to do it. And I'm just like, God fucking damn it. I know. It. I, sh- yeah. I actually, someone was doing a Kickstarter and I didn't even, it was like so quick. I thought it was you. And so no, I shared that, it and, and someone was like, dude, this is the guy who's ripping, ripping Dave off. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> it's like deleted. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was the Kickstarter one was actually, um, um, an art director out in, um, in, I don't, I think it was Texas. She, you know, she was, she would go to schools and then she would hire like 30 illustrators to do different, right. uh, solutions, visual solutions. And some of them were close to what I was doing. One maybe was really close. Um, but everyone sort of like deviated enough that it wasn't exact. But the problem was, is it was a very similar name, right? You know, yeah, it was exactly. called the, it was yeah, called it was what? like the monster, Pro- the yeah. monster project. Right. Right. And then I was the monster right. engine and you know, sometimes I would read articles on it and they would attribute her thing to me. Right. Yeah. You know, say artist Dave DeVries, you created this and it's just like, you know, all right. So I, I definitely felt, uh, threatened by that and, yeah, um, you should. I mean, yeah. and, and pushed and pushed back a bit. So, um, 
and then, you know, but there was really no legal footing to really go after that. But it was like kind of shitty because it started in her, they started in 2010 and in 2010, the monster engine was by Huffington posts, uh, was the top, one of the top 50 most, um, viral posts of 2010. Wow. So I know they had to have seen it, but oh, there's no definitely. way I can fit yeah. like that. There's, there's nothing, you know, and, 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 um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you know, I can't, I can't like officially, you know, say that they, they ripped me off, but it really does bother me like that people, you know, you know, consider, you know, it something that they could do. And I put all this time, energy and sweat and tears and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I wasn't the first guy to do it either. You know, there were, there were like, um, at least three instances before me. One was mad magazine. Oh really? And they did. Yeah, in the early '60s, they did something. What if kids design their own toys? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and and they they did cardboard constructions of of you know a kid's toy and stuff, and it was really it was you know funny. And then um, there was another guy who did a, a children's book with his son, but the the way that the illustrations were, it looked really a lot. It didn't retain the kid's energy, right? To the same level, like right. I really tried. That. And then the last one, and this guy was brilliant. His name is Milo Matola, and um, he did a, uh, um, a like a uh, not a merry-go-round, um, like a carousel. Mm-hmm. And he had kids design different horse, like different instead of horses, they were all different animals. Hmm. And there were kids' drawings that he did in 3D, oh, and wow. it's in Riverside Park, New York, and. It's really cool. That's cool. And that is, cool. On the pole is the kid's drawing, like a framed thing. Oh, on that's the cool. And, and it was, and it came out in '98. So he could have said, "Well, I came out in '98, and then you can't, you got the idea in '98." Right. So, so for all intents and purposes, I can't say for sure that this monster project did that. Right. But, right. Uh, but um, because I certainly didn't. I didn't look at uh, Milo's work. I just. You know, it just happened that I did something, put it out there and it went viral. And that's the whole thing. You could you I mean, his thing was on, I think, PBS. I looked back and, in, in, you know, trying to figure out when did this come out and everything. And, you know, he was he had like news spots on it and everything. But like, you know, why didn't that go viral? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like this strange thing that happens. And I think of all the people who've done it, I think I've done the most viral kind of uh, you know, reaction, you know, and, uh, but I don't think people remember it. So, you know, it's, it's a, that's also kind of like a little hard to deal with that you put all this, this effort out there and it's, you know, but I, I don't do it for that. You yeah. Know what I mean, I remember for, it. For <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those minor, minor things because at the end of the day, you know, I really, um, I, I sit down and I go, all right, I don't know what this is going to look like. It could look like this, 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 or this. And as I start painting it, you know, it takes this direction and um, right. I'm kind of like, whoa. In the very beginning when I first started, it was really because I hadn't really gotten the process down. So um, I think as an artist, it's like we get into our process. Right. And then we start repeating the process and it's real hard to kind of like break it and yeah. try it from a new Definitely. So, Absolutely. Uh, but, so, but as how, far, oh, I'm sorry. sorry go ahead. Oh, how, how many? I mean, how many books did you end up selling, or did you ever get a publisher? Or I mean, well, did you just kind I of got, sell out of them, or did you? Are you still selling I them? 
I still have them. Um, I don't have an official count of how many. Um, I I did five thousand copies. Wow! So it's real limited. I only sold it through my website. That's a lot, though. I mean, I did a. I got a my art book. I think we got. Uh, I think they got three thousand, and it's you know it's t- it's been seven years and i got a i got a it's a good art book too but i've got a garage full of books you know it's hard to sell books yeah i mean there's always you know selling them through amazon or something like that and they take i don't they take all the the um the shipment and stuff but my brother's uh my brother's you know been involved in trucking and in and he has those people that have a warehouse and they they've been gracious enough to put it in there because i I couldn't store all those and I live in a very small place, but, um, but yeah, the books, um, I think I probably have about 1500 left. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you still sell you know, them through the website? Yeah, I, I still, I still sell them through. I got a couple of orders right now. I got to, uh, I got to put uh, out in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't do the kind of, you know, I don't sell a lot now. Right. Um, just because, just because I'm not really, I don't really actively go and push it. You yeah. know, I, I get really involved in, like what I'm doing, if, if, if your kid, if you're sending your kid to school, you know, you want your teacher to be, you know, focused on them and give them the best education they oh, can. Totally. And so yeah. and I also teach at college. So I teach at FIT and, uh, in Manhattan fashion Institute of technology. And so I put a lot of effort into that too. So, um, you know, the goal is to kind of, you know, become, uh, to produce more while I'm teaching. So, you know, and, and, um, you know, what'll, whatever, whatever happens, uh, the next step for the monster engine is going to be something fictional, uh, fictitious, um, you know, in terms of like a story, you know, cause I think that people really respond to stories. Yeah. So I, I really like to, to create something, um, that is wholly mine. Now, that th- what I was trying to get at before was that like I've worked in comics and you know, when I tried to do an art book of my work, it was like scraping the barrel to try and find something that wasn't copyrighted. Right. I bet it really, really. And I realized I'm, I don't have anything of my own. Right. So, um, and then when you work with kids, you know, you have to consider that I, I don't publish the, I have a whole bunch of commissions that I have, but I won't publish them because mm. You know, I don't have the, the the rights to that, and uh, I have the first initial batch I do, you know, and a lot of them are family. Right. So I, I think there's a le- I think it's a legal battlefield. I really mm. I, like a minefield. I don't think it's that cut and dried and simple. Like you can get a parent to sign off, but at the end of the day, yeah. you know, the kid grows up and it's just like you know, and it and it really doesn't matter now because I didn't make a lot of money. Right. I you know I I subsisted on stuff. Um, and it got a lot of publicity, but I didn't really like, I'm not like rich from it or, or, you know, so, but if I did, you know, if it was like a humongous success, you can, um, you can bet people would be coming out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, and when, when you just never think about that, you just never, you know, you have, but I never thought about it. It's like, yeah, when it went viral, like years ago, it went viral, uh, there was a, a like a lawyer website that a uh, lawyer blog or whatever that set up like how legal is this and then people were like chiming in on oh it my and, God. I, and and at one point i got an email 
And it was some guy saying, I love your work. I'm really interested. But like, I have a really good instinct when, when people email me, I got a, 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 a really weird vibe. So I looked up the name and it turned out to be a lawyer from Long Island who was just <laughs> sniffing around. Oh my just God. Wanted, yep. And the same thing with the, um, with the, uh, with the Lego two movie, I got an email from a guy in Los Angeles and I was just like, something feels like I need to look this person up. And he turned out to be the director of, of, and he wanted, and so, so the whole reason I got the gig was because I responded. I, I just wrote a little note on his, in the book, like in a, in, in the, the letter I put in there it says, Hey, good luck with your projects. You know, just kind of a nod, you know, and that's all I thought it was going to be. And, uh, and then he, he emailed me and said, Hey, you know, would you want to have a conversation? And I was like, sure. And I don't have any real ties with Hollywood or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I'm a, a concept artist out there. Or like I've done a few things, but, um, and so he asked me to come to, uh, to talk about kids and kids creativity. And, and as I did, he goes, are you going to be out in uh, Los Angeles in the near future? I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, I am next week. <laughs> no plans to go whatsoever. <laughs> my second year as a middle school teacher i'm freaking out about that because it's like this time of the year teachers are like shaking in their boots ready to go back to school because they got to get everything and uh and i but i somehow like found the time to go and the money to go i just charged it and i just gave him the excuse that i was going to go look at galleries and stuff and uh and they had me say oh we'll come by and give a presentation so i gave I, i did a presentation on like kids in their kit and their kind of circular logic and how they, you know, how they come about these crazy ideas and stuff. And, uh, and then I went home and my wife's just like anything. I'm like, well, I cast the line out. We'll see if it goes. And that's when they called in October said, we want you to come out here now. <laughs> so then <laughs> oh, I was man. Yeah, yeah, I'm a teacher maybe in a month. And they're like, okay, in a month, you know? So I, I went out, uh, and then that's when, everything went from there. And, uh, the director was named Rob Schrab. He did, uh, Scud, the disposable assassin. Do you remember that from the nineties? It was a self-published comic. No, Um, No. but he really brilliant guy. He was not the director at the end. It had kind of changed hands, but I worked with him and he was really, really good. Uh, just, just, um, great mind, great ideas, but I I don't know what happened. You know, you know, Hollywood's kind of weird, you know, So, uh, but, but like, so for me, I don't, I, I don't, I really want to make my own thing. I'm like, I've got, everything's kind of strapped down with comics and their characters and copyrights and stuff. And there's a part of me, I'm, I'm 54 right now. And I feel like I never really expanded my own brain out into the world. Mm -hmm. I feel like. It's been filtered through kids. It's been filtered through comic characters. And I just need to, to like, and I know once that happens, I'm going to be like, I want to do another one, another one, another one. But right yeah. now when I paint a lot of like, I don't know what to do. Uh, um, right. And I have an assignment right now. It's a commission to do like, um, like a monster, like a, just a monster face, you know, on the back of a card. And like, I'm drawing weird stuff. I don't, like it kind of looks like this one right here. I, the eye's missing, but like I don't know if you can see it. The guy's at the awesome. bottom. Yeah, that's um, so cool. You know, there's like a cartoony element to it that mm-hmm. I like. Um, you know, and and so like 
they're they're okay and everything, but like like so I go back and forth between oh it's too cartoony and sometimes I'm I'm thinking of your work too. I'm like because I like the darkness and everything and I like your designs and and I'm sitting there going ah it's too fucking cartoony. That's just goofy shit, you know. <laughs> but like, so I'm so I'm still trying to make this work. And if right. I do a fictitious if I do a fictitious story, you know, something of my own creation, I already have some stuff laid down, you know, ideas and world building stuff mm-hmm. that I want to draw the kids drawings too. I know it's like blasphemy. You shouldn't be drawing the kids drawings, but I feel like I have a much better time telling the story. Um, and I'd also avoid legal pitfalls right. and it would be mine. You know what I mean? Right. It would right. be mine. Everything would be coming from me. Right. So, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with, with everything. And it, to me, it's just like, you got to write something down. Everything I tell my students, like, don't let it kick around in your head. Get it out on paper. Yeah. Because once it's there, then it stares back at you and it reminds you to do stuff. Right, right. This is what I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm working on my, my thing right now, my book. It's like, uh, uh, a, 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 it's a guy, it's based on Wayne Barlow's guidebook to extraterrestrials. You know, that, that book from the seventies. Uh, that was right. a huge influence on me when I was like 12 or something. Is that the one, is that the one called, um, I know he did, he did one about hell. Yeah, no, he this did, is 79. Then, then did, oh, okay. Yeah, this it's is, he was one, like 19 oh, years old. Oh, okay. It's okay. called, it's called, it's called Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials. And it basically is, um, he took, he took like designed aliens, but also aliens from like the original the thing you know the 50s version and like and and different like i don't know maybe doctor who or different famous aliens and basically did like a, a guidebook and and talked about they eat this they live in this environment like it's a national geographic guidebook right. like these things are real and, and he's illustrating oh, this. I, I think that's the one i'm thinking of okay it's called there's one called bar there's, Ga- is it, barlow's Hmm. Isn't there one called like Voyager or something like that? Or, or it's like a, it's like a guided, it's more of like almost an anthro, anthro, hold on a second. Let me find it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, cause I, cause I think it's the one you're talking about. This, um, his, the one that I, I've got a copy. I just, I went and rebought it, but it's called Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials. That's the title of this book. He might've done it. All right. Let one. me look. Yeah. But anyway, that inspired me to do this with my paintings. You know, okay. I'm making a guidebook to the to the all the characters and stuff I paint. So, okay, um, yeah, I'm seeing this now. Um, all right, cool. Uh, this isn't the one I'm thinking of, but mm. that is really cool. Yeah, he did was... one years years later that was more almost like. Um, the natural history museum sort of like version of, of, of like alien creatures. Um, oh, very, yeah. very much like I can't remember what it's called, but that's really, so tell me about your book. Oh yeah. It's just, I'm, I basically have, uh, taken the, uh, all the paint. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm explaining. I mean, it's like an, it's, it's an art book disguised as a guidebook, you know? So it's like all my paintings, and right. um, talks about, you know, I've got a map 
you know, it's basically yeah. fleshing yes. out the world and, um, you know, talking about which characters there's, you know, alliances and there's like social structures and what they do. Right. And is there a sense? Uh, yeah, kind of. It's kind, kind, sort of, but we're, I'm not at the story part yet. You know, it's like I have to get this Bible done first. This is like the Bible. Right. It's it's like a right. like a film. You know, in films they they create a Bible, which is like everything. Right. They dress yep. like this. They act like this. And so once I've got this book done, I can you know I want to do comic a comic. I want to you know maybe do, right. I would love to do a, I'm gonna you know do a movie or I really yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the world is so big that you could do a lot with it. Cause it, it was just, you know, one of these things where people kept telling me, it's like the, the, all your paintings seem like they're in the same place. Cause it's like, I've just been doing it intuitively completely. Like, like when I was a kid, I would just paint, draw stuff because I thought it would be cool. And so, you know, 10 years later, everyone's telling me this and it, it just finally occurred to me that it's like, you know, this is like a specific, this is my world. I'm painting this other dimension kind of. And so the, I, this friend of mine who directed the documentary about me, he's a writer. He interviewed me. He, he, he I'm like, okay, let's do this book. You write the text. Um, cause he's a writer. And so he basically would interview me about every painting I've ever done. And he'd say, okay, what do you know about this painting? And, some of them I was like, I don't really know much. I kind of know this. And other ones are like, oh, this is happening. Right. Uh, you know, this guy is doing this to this guy. And it was and it was like, I didn't realize I knew all this stuff because I never stopped right. and thought about what was going on in the paintings because it was like, right, like we were right. talking. It was, pros it was pro about the process. So I paint them intuitively, set them aside or sell them and then go on to the next one. So – See, that's that's yeah there's you're entertaining yourself with the stories in your head while you're making it right? yeah or it's like you just you just intuitively yeah know. it's like you kind of know and i don't know how they got there but basically he you know we kind of filtered everything between maybe um for sure and or basically you know maybe and for sure as far as right. like his interviewing of me and it was like you know we just took the for sure stuff that, that I right. knew for sure about the paintings and then figured out how to put that in a book form. And, and, you know, so it's like the environment, it's different regions. It's the, the, you know, the different individuals and it's, so anyway, that's been like this thing yeah. I've been working on for, you know, uh, four years basically. And it's just about to be done. And so that's, so you've got a, you've got a basic understanding of the, like you, you said you did the map. So do you, yeah. Yeah, no. So you I, feel like Yeah, it's like I know the war I know, you know, it, it's all it's all I did a mock up of it. It's clear now. It's yeah, clear. I that's been the problem because I kickstarted this book 4 years ago. Okay. And I couldn't I couldn't see the book and I was like I was I thought I'd have it done in 3 months because I was right. stupid and I've never made a book and right. Three months came and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, you know, we did all the text and everything that I didn't have to do, but I couldn't visualize the book. And then I had to start, um, earning money, you know, yeah. to, doing, you know, yeah. selling stuff because I had to pay the bills and it went like that. You know, I would pay the bills for the month and I was like, okay, I can start working on the book again. And then that's I, a lot of. When I did the monster engine, the same thing it took me seven years. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but it's like the difference is, you know, people for, with my thing is people have been waiting. People that donated, 
you know, because I made that's why. a lot of money on the Kickstarter, and it was for this book, and it was like, okay. Uh, every, but luckily, 99% of the people have been super cool about it. But it's literally been, you know, for four years, it's been, okay, I finally found some time, and I get going for like two days on it to organize it. And then I have to, oh, shit, there's a, I got to pay taxes, whatever. I got to go and right. sell a bunch of studies or whatever. And it's just, I finally got to a place this year that I have a bunch of time and a little bit of money in the bank. So I'm finishing it finally, you know. Good. So, so I, this is hopefully going to be my, my big thing. I mean, that's the, I, the, I, the idea. It, it, I, I would think it would, would be because if you're, you're putting that much uh, mental and spiritual energy into it. It's, yeah, it's going to, it's got to, but that's the thing. Like when you have that behind you when you like, that's where I'm not, you know right. what I mean? Like right. I, I don't have those stories behind a lot of my paintings because either they're an illustration right. or the kid has interpreted it for me. Like right. I usually might have an idea of everything, but they don't tell me what it is. When I start my paintings for the monster engine, I don't know. Like on a couple, I might've known, Oh, that's, he's a ninja, but I'll come up with everything else. And I'll, and I have my, my, my thoughts, but they're negated right. by the kid. Right. Kid is the one that has the final say. So, so there's like, so I'm, I feel like I've gotten to this point in my life where I'm like, you know, how much time I got left. I know I'm know? 52, man. I'm like right there with you. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. why, that's why the reason I was bringing my book up is like, yes, you should do this. This is, your, you should do this thing. It's, yeah. you know, it's time. Yes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and for me, it's like just writing down, you know, all the particulars, but also, you know, one of the big problems that I've had in the past is that just sometimes you work with other people right. on the idea. And what I and the problem is then people have their kind of fingerprints on it. Yeah. So trying to come up with something that's still retains the stuff I know I did and cuts out the stuff that right. other kind right. of like uh, other people kind of worked on, um, you know, so that's a that's a big uh a big challenge, you know, cause you got to make it fun for yourself. Right. So, but it, but some of the stuff I have, I absolutely love. And oh, I'm sure uh, it's amazing. I think it's, you know, I think it's going to be really cool and there's new stuff in it that, um, that I didn't work on with anybody. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm pretty, 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 you know, and there's, and there's so many times where it came close to getting off the ground and, uh -huh. and, and then it just, I'm amazed that anything gets made. Yeah. You I know, know. Are you, is this you know. another self, self-published thing you're going to do? Or are you going to try and do you, um, do it as a, I would do it as a self-published. I probably would, I, you know, I just like you, <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't want to like tell see the thing is my life is so goddamn slow, you know, because of the teaching right. that, you know, I don't want to like promise anything. So what I'd like to do is get a bunch of stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I have a reasonable understanding of like That's how long it takes, done. That's what I should you know, have done. Then, but, but, um, but sometimes you need that push. I know, exactly. So, so <laughs> stay tuned. I'll let you know what happens. Yeah, no, I think that would be amazing. You definitely have to do it. I think it's, I'm glad that you brought up, um, you talked about your teaching and stuff, because this is something we talk about a lot on the podcast, because a lot of artists I interview, 
you know, successful ones and well-known ones. They have day jobs, you know, it's like, and so there's, and then there's the people that are doing it, like grinding it out in fine art, you know, of, of, right. which is yeah. harder than illustration even. Cause it's like, you, you got to yeah. fucking hustle constantly. And so there's exactly. always, you know, uh, there's not a debate, but, but there's this idea that you have to have a job or you, or you don't have to have a job and you can't do it. And it's what I found is like, whatever you need to do to make it work is cool. You know, as long as you're making it work and you're able to create, keep creating your art somehow at some degree. Yeah. Because everybody's yep. all over the map. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, maybe equally split well, for the yeah. people. I well, one of the nice things public education is that uh there's a pension yeah i know so, it's amazing that's what i was thinking i bet you got great health insurance and and pension the and... health insurance is really good the pension depends like the way the pension works is that you um it's based upon the last three years that you work so mm -hmm. if you're making a lot of money in the last three years that's what your salary is based on oh, okay. and you have to be like 10 years before it even kicks in i'm at this will be my seventh year. Okay. So, so, um, you know, there's a lot of people my age in teaching at the public level that are retiring and they're my age. So it's really right. kind of just like <laughs> I started so late. So, um, I, I don't know if I'll, you know, it all depends on what my life throws at me, you know, right. I really don't, we, we, what we need. Um, uh, but man, if I die without doing like, that's the thing. Like I, I sit there and I, I think about a lot of cool ideas. I see a lot of movies in my head. I see a lot of video mm -hmm. scenes and things like that. And I almost, you know, the natural thing would be to do, um, storytelling, you know, on a, you know, just on a more regular basis right. because I'm a filmmaker. So at least if I could get that out paper, right. Mm -hmm. Then it has a chance to become film, you know, right. people can experience it. Mm hmm as a, as a comic. Right. Um, but I almost sit there and go, oh, fuck, if I die, no one's going to know half the cool shit that I, I would be, you know, I sit there <laughs> like I, like some people have to be on their phones. They're on a plane, they're waiting. And I sit there and I just stare up at the ceiling and I go into this like trance and I'm like, suddenly I'm in this world. Next thing I'm in this world. And I just can't, <laughs> like six hours on a flight right. <laughs> up at the ceiling i look like i'm like a mental case <laughs> but yeah but like but like so like I, to my, I think to myself what if i die and i don't no one will ever know what i saw right and so and that's a that's a that's a so i have this kind of like love hate relationship with comics because people will say oh draw silver surfer or oh draw this person or oh draw that person and Tom Taggart was talking about like, just let me do what I do, right? And be happier. And he's right. Yeah, he's right. because the older you get, the more you realize like, you know, fuck everybody. I gotta, you know, I I have so much time left. Right. And and I think that's a really important thing I I uh to 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 realize. Mm -hmm. So for for me, um. You know, I love those characters, but I, after I did the Marvel masterpieces, which was about 50 paintings. Wow. And then I did a couple more, a couple more sets after that, that were about 18 anywhere between nine and 18 paintings, uh, in each set. I got to the point where I just, I was like, 
I don't care about these characters. Right. Like burn, I burn, I burn out. I have ADHD. So it's like, you know, after a point, a certain point, it just becomes boring, which mm-hmm. is one of the nice teaching, even, you know, at the high school level, I, I'm just like, always, there's a new kid, a new situation, a new this and every, right. every class is different. So it's, it's, um, it keeps me entertained, but, um, I want to get to the point where whatever I'm creating feels like, uh, they say that when you do like, um, comics, right. If you're writing your own comics, drawing your own comics, it's incredibly freeing because you say whatever the hell you want, right. draw whatever the hell you want and no editor and you self publish on the web and it's you, a yeah. direct line from up here to out there. Yeah. And, and I haven't hit that yet and I need to hit that. Yeah, That's the thing sure. that for me because i like i said time's running out you know i mean i i one thing i started was to take care of myself mm-hmm. like just you know, physically i yeah. you know, changed what i ate and started exercising more and you know and i feel a lot better you know because when i started teaching i just wasn't taking good care of myself mm-hmm. and you know you you, you know you, you also you just know at this age yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. you do yeah so but uh, but yeah, but the the, the comics thing le- led into the monster engine, and the monster engine is going to lead into something else. But um, you know, and you know, I just I really I want to say something about the world. I want to like, I want to like, you know, I think story is the, the the best way to really interact with people because then people get involved in the characters, they identify with them. Totally, you know. Yeah, I mean that that's so that, that's what's it's big. That's why I asked about your story being yeah. like a story. Well, like, that's the thing. It's, it's it, through the process of writing this guidebook, the story is there. It's there for sure, but it's like I can't because uh, I realized there was a story that was written in the whole paintings I've done for the last 20 years, which is crazy right. and kind of cosmic and right. cool. It's like a it was yeah. none of it none of the interview process with these paintings was I was thinking of what to do next. It was like, what already exists. It's more like, you know, me telling someone this thing that already exists. And it's like, Oh, there's a whole story here. There's a good guy. There's these bad guys and there's, and it's, so it's like, I I'm dying to get this, this uh, book done so that I can start on the stories. Cause that's going to be the fun part is, is right. Piecing together what I already know about these characters and stuff, you know? Right. Right. So. That's really it's yeah. exciting. It is exciting. That's I'm just, I'm done. I'm finally yeah. this year, it's going to, I'm going to be done with the book. So thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then as far as like filling orders for the, for the, uh, Kickstarter, the, how does that work? You just, the, the, it's once people, it's, it's, it's another problem is I overcommitted. I knew better. I've done Kickstarters in the past, but I don't, for, I, I, I overcommitted, um, but I got like what I did is I got most of the rewards out that I could. So I already shipped most of the rewards. But then there's these high end items that people are still waiting for for four years. And thank God people have been, you know, really right. patient with me. So as soon as the book's yeah. done, I uh, I got to do these little figurines and finish painting them and ship them out. And, you know, there's a, there's still a lot of work to do. Plus, I got this long ass commission queue I got to get through because I've been like desperate for money and needing to take a, a deposit on a commission. And I've got, you know, I've sure. got people have been waiting a couple of years on commissions. Yep. So it's like this year is my year to, to get everything done so I can move on with my move life. Up. Yeah. yeah. 
It sounds like it sounds like you're 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 getting to the end of the race. Yeah. So it you know, feels with, that way. Yeah. Finally. Um, finally. Yeah. The 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 one thing which I was gonna say um, was, uh, have you done any comics or anything like that, or has it all been paintings? I've never done any comics. I always wanted since I was a kid. I wanted to. I started one when I was like 14 <laughs> where I started that drawing is, out the panels and stuff. And it's, it's like, a I, lot of work. Oh, I, that's the thing. It seems that's why I never got into comics. I mean, I was, uh, I was mostly into horror comics when I was a kid, like EC, the old stuff from the sixties and fifties. Yeah. Um, yep. never really into the superheroes I, a little bit, but, um, I always wanted to do it, but it, from when I became, you know, a professional artist, it was like, from what I heard, it just seemed like so much work and not a lot of money not for drawing. Money, yeah. it's just, and, yeah. and, and I, you know, I luckily, I, when I was uh, in high school, I got into makeup effects and, and, right. and got really just totally passionate about that. So I started working right out of high school in the film industry. And then, you know, right. 10 years after that, I'm like, okay, this is not, you know, I yeah. kind of done everything I I wanted to do, I got to a certain level that I'm kind of at the top of, you mm -hmm. know, where I'm at as a sculptor. It's right. like, I can't really go up and I want to express my own thing. So, yeah. and it's, yeah. and it's been like tw a 20 year struggle. <laughs> it's taken 20 years yeah. to get to a point where it's like, I'm not struggling every month. I mean, this, you know, this year's kind of been the first year where it's like, I'm living normally like I should, I can pay the bills and not right, totally right. stress it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It was a um, slog. Did, did you find, do you find that, uh, um, you know, the, the, the fans that you have, are they, uh, uh, a certain, um, I don't know, like, do they, do they expect like a certain, um, like style, out of you because I was with Tom. I remember we were with this other artist and we we're hanging out in this gallery and, and, and so the, the, the gallery owner's like, you know, we'd like to have, he's talking to this, this established artist and he's going to, we'd like to have you do like something for our next upcoming show. And, and, and Tom's just like, why don't you do a head of Ernest Borgnine? <laughs> <laughs> and and the artist starts laughing and going, yeah, that would be funny. And then the the the, the gallery owner's like, you're, you're not going to do that. After you're like a few minutes, like, you're, you're not going to do that. Ernest, but we really want to see like your stuff, like the, what you normally do, you know. And uh, and and, I, and that's the one of the things about gallery shows is like if you're successful, or you're a prisoner of the style that you're doing. Right now, right. I'm not saying you, you sound like you're you're totally in line with what you want to do. Right, that's the thing. I picked it early. <laughs> yes i picked yeah. the thing that i i knew you know I, when i started i was like uh, you know it was really i was trying to part of the thing i was trying to do was prove the joseph campbell theory of follow your bliss and the doors will open right. and so i thought right. okay my bliss is monster paintings this is like in 2000 nobody there's no market for it as fine art there's just no way right. i think this could happen but I believed it in the theory. I believed it. And so I'm like, I'm going to prove this fucking theory. I'm going to yes. paint monsters. And if it works, that means the theory is true. I'll have proven it to myself. And it worked. You know, it took, you yeah, know, absolutely. it took, it was a struggle and a long haul, but it totally worked. So, you yeah. know, but, but I, but I, so I chose, when I first started painting, I was like, 
this I wasn't like I'm gonna paint this way so that I can sell, you know, in galleries or change things. I was like, this is totally I'm into this. You know, I can go Good. a lifetime on this stuff. You know, so you know, occasionally I'll paint my dogs or I'll do you know just for fun. And right. I've never I've never heard any I've never had any like you should you know any kind of response like that like you know I have to keep my I don't you know. gotta do a you gotta do a painting at Ernest Borgnine yeah <laughs> Ernest Borgnine's got an amazing face <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> he's like a touchstone for Tom Tom always comes back to Ernest Borgnine uh, <laughs> yeah Abe Vigoda is awesome man these are all these are all childhood you know Yep. Guys from our yep. childhood that are probably a lot of younger, younger people listening have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But so that's the, for me, it's like um, like gallery shows would be really fun to do. And um, in the but like I found with the Monster Engine that it's not profitable because the uh, gallery usually takes 50 percent. Right? Well, yeah. Then Uncle Sam will take another 25 or yeah. so. And then I have to pay the kids another right. 15 it leaves me like 15 i don't know 20 per, i can't remember what it was uh so like maybe like 10 percent yeah, of whatever they I know. You know so I, I i've done i've done them in the past and um but i find i found them not to be um you know i'll i'll put up a piece or two in like a in a group show but right. to do like a whole right. big show and devote it is just it's you know exhausting, so I have to I have to kind of like find my way uh, in in the world still at my age. It's kind of ridiculous, but you know. So at least I could check in with you later. Say I found I finally figured hey, out what I wanted. To do. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I've I figured it out because I quit the film industry when I was, or no, I decided to be a painter when I was thirty three, and um, and I finally. Uh, quit i think in 20 i think it was like left the business in was it 2013 maybe something like that that's when i left okay. but i decided i was gonna be in, yeah yeah so i i i, I left the, the business and um i had to figure it out you know and it was really really hard and it was and i realized early on there's no way i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to live off of gallery shows but I still right. did a gallery show every year, and it was a small little chunk of money. But right. I had to I had to figure out prints and merchandise, and so I basically now I have this art business that's supporting everything pretty much. And the and right. the gal the gallery shows back then the gallery shows were like I'm just I'm uh, establishing myself as a painter in the fine art right. world, and I was really doing it more for that. So sure. um, you know, but it's like the the all the money's from the prints. You know, because right. it's hard That's, to sell five thousand yeah. dollar paintings. You know, so yeah. but you can sell hundred dollar prints pretty easily, and so then it was yeah, where, just where are those buyers that 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 you know spend like gobs of money on stuff? You know, I they're mean, I, like far and few between, and the you know it's it, they're hard. Yeah. To, I mean, that in the old in the old days, the gallery had all the connections with these wealthy people that wanted to buy art. You know, are you talking about when you're talking about the old days? Are you talking about the lowbrow scene? Or are you talking about no? The, I'm talking about like the classic gallery model where you you know where the gallery sold your yeah. work and you got to paint and you didn't have to deal with anything and they're just giving you money and you're giving right. them paintings and it's like it's not really like that anymore. If you want to make yeah. it, you have to be your own marketer and you have to you have to do direct sales to people and right. I mean. 
that's why it's it's been a you know 20 years of seven days a week eight hours or more a day of just like right. marketing and promoting and fu- getting a fan base and right, uh, right. you know it's been insane i mean it took like yeah, seven it yeah. took me seven years to transition out of the film business right do you still do anything in business uh once in a while you know Contest, yeah it. it's it's fun now when i get a job doing des- creature design like i got i was so burnt out and so angry at the industry when i left that i was like i hate it hollywood yeah. sucks making movies sucks and i right. never i didn't even promote myself as like a effects guy at all within my fine art because right. i was just but then i you know as time went on i was i got some distance i was like actually this is actually a pretty great job it's really fun and so if something comes yeah. up now i got i recently did a movie called uh bliss this low budget mm-hmm. horror vampire movie where I got, I got my first title card, like on the front of the really? movie. Yeah. Oh, I never, you know, I was always at the very end in the effects yeah, crew yeah. behind craft services ah, and that's impressive, yeah, it was awesome. So they, I did, I mean, it's about this woman who's a painter. And so they wanted this big painting. She was painting while she was, you know, she's doing this crazy drug that and becoming a vampire. It's a, it's a crazy movie. Um, mm. but is so she's, she, what's that? Is it out yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's out. So they needed a big painting. So I did a, uh, I painted the painting that she paints in the movie. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, yeah. And they blew it up on a huge canvas. It's pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. It was not, it's uh, like, finally, I feel like, you know, it's just as it's like the film industry, Came, came back to, to me and asked me to right. be in it and gave me a title card. Right. It's like, wow, this is right. great. You know, finally, That's after feeling cool. disrespected, you know, when you're working on a crew, it's just, you're just a pair of hands, no matter what, how yeah. good the work yeah. is, you're not really getting the credit. So it was pretty cool. It was interesting because I, um, like when you get to the point where you're going to make yours good, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I think that's the intention and I think you'll make it happen. Um, you'll have the abilities to kind of like really work with the people, right? You know, that's the thing. This. I know everybody. I know all these film people. That's the other thing. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. I was working, you know, for twenty years, I think, or over twenty years in the movie business. So it's like, yeah, it's kind it just, of it gives you a better sense of control over the product. You yeah, know? yeah, if you, yeah. If you're involved, you know. Yeah. Plus, uh, yeah. Totally. But, um, Yep. Well, fuck. So, <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I just, you know, I, I look forward to seeing your thing. Yeah, I really, you know. Yeah. I, no, I, it's, I, I have, I have, uh, I have a kind of a one. It's like actually, it's nine pages long, but mm-hmm. it's uh, all this information. Like, I basically threw it together, um, not as a story, but it's just lots of little scenes mm-hmm. and like different things that can happen you know mm-hmm. um it'd be cool to illustrate but it it would it wouldn't work until i actually figured out a cohesive story right um and i know it's there yeah. i have the emotional center of the movie um that makes the whole thing tick you know so but there's so many fun things about it. Like I, I know like in my head as I look at this, I'm like, this would be fucking kick ass. This yeah. would be so fun to watch. <laughs> uh, have you seen, um, there's a couple of things I've seen. 
Um, have you seen Upload? It's on net, not on Netflix. No. It's on. It's on. Uh, what is it? Amazon uh, Prime. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. So basically, it's about when you you can be uploaded to like an afterlife. Oh yeah, afterlife. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I know what you're talking but about. The, the one thing I'll say about the show, it, it, it was a good show. Um, was it was really inventive yeah. in how it treated different aspects of how this would all be. And that's one of the things that is like, they're like little candy pieces that you get as you're going through. And then, but as long as the story is really good, then it, then it holds up usually in a, in a movie, you know, by the first, the first act is when you get all that. And then it just goes into like story and everything. This seems to kind of like weave its way throughout the whole thing, which is kind of fun. Like, Oh, I never thought of that. That would be cool. You know? Oh, cool. And I'll watch, I want, I want that to happen with uh with this you know because um you know it's it's but the biggest problem with monster engine is i want to go dark that's not a problem and that's (laughs) yeah yeah i see like there's only like you know there's a so for me if i was trying to do a movie it'd be a problem but if i'm doing my own comic you know an online comic and I don't care about making money. Right. Then, which is really how I'm going to approach it. Um, then you just go for the jugular. And, like, you know, there are kids in uh, tough situations, you know. And, you know, as long as you're respectful. Yeah. You know, and you don't, like, you don't want to do things that are, like, crossing, like, a taste line that's, like, you know. Yeah, but, you know, you know where the line is. You You want it. Yeah. You just, you want to make it so that it, that works. So I'm constantly push pull between that, you Mm -hmm. know, the innocence of childhood, um, you know, you know, like, was it the, remember that show, that movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Oh yeah, of course. Is it the child catcher? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that kind of scary? Oh, totally, man. I I loved that guy when I was a kid, but he freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, you know? and like stuff like that. That's dark, like, man. That's dark. It, it, it's dark, but it, it's so trying to find that place where it works, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah. it's uh, <laughs> as I get things done, I'll 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 shoot ideas off off you. See what oh, you think. Awesome! I would love to. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you can um, come back on the show when you when you have the the announced. You know, you're Absolutely. announcing your new thing. I mean, it sounds to yeah. me like it, it, it's going to happen. You're going to do it because you have the feeling. And th- that's the thing is when you have it's I'm sure you had it with the monster engine. When you know it's good, you have that feeling. There's some weird there's like a feeling in your chest or something like an excitement you get. And you right. just you know what I mean? And so it's like if, yeah. you, if you can get that feeling, then you're you're onto something good and, and you just got to follow it. You know? That's the thing. So you're it sounds about, like you got the feeling. Follow my bliss. Follow yes. my bliss. I'm trying to find my bliss. I'm like, where the fuck is this, man? Like, I see it there. It disappears. Then, oh, it's there. It disappeared. Where the hell did it go? You know, so that's kind of where I'm at. Me, me but I get Yeah, me, uh, me and the, Mike, the guy who was writing the text and he directed the documentary and stuff, he, that we, when we were both like struggling financially, we would always go, follow your bliss straight into the right. poorhouse. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's true. You can't think about money and you're following your bliss. Yeah. <laughs> I love Joseph Campbell. I, he was like, he was like my oh, guiding light in the early twenties. Oh yeah. Read a, 
I, I read some of his, some of his books. I like crawled my way through. It was dense. It was dense. Yeah. Like, I got him through the PBS interview, the Bill Moyers interviews. That's absolutely. was like, gets everything yep. and does it. It's not too, too deep to where you can't read right. it. I've tried reading a couple of books. And it was like, wow, this is a little too much yeah. for me. Intense, intense, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but listen, uh, it, it's been great. I really uh, appreciate you having me on. And, oh yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I realize it's like one in the morning for you right now. So I'm just probably that's right. It's been two that's hours. Right. I went kind of yeah, flew it's by. Been, it's just been cool, just conversing. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I really. I mean, it's less of an interview and more of like just, you know, I feel like I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. And then all the people listening are, feel the same way, too, because they're kind of listening to the conversation. So, yeah, I, I thanks. Thank you again for taking the time um, yeah. for coming on. And uh, uh, yeah. And, and thank you for listening, everybody out there. And um, I got to give a little my little plug for if you want to join the Dark Art Society Patreon, it's patreon.com slash dark art society. That's what it is, I think patreon.com slash yeah and if you can join for a dollar a month you get the podcast a day early and a bunch of other benefits but i probably already said that in the intro so i always say it anyway so <laughs> thanks for coming on and and as we usually do at the end of the podcast we say goodbye to the audience so let's say goodbye to the audience goodbye audience goodbye audience Enjoy.